You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast, everybody. Hayden Grove of Cleveland.com here with you. Joined, as always, by our Cavaliers beat reporter, Chris Fedor. And last week, we want to give another shout-out to Larry Nance Jr., who joined us in the podcast. You can still go check out that interview and that podcast on the Cleveland.com slash Cavs page. But in the meantime, I want to start this uh, this podcast, Chris. I didn't even want to introduce it to you because I this is just breaking news that has come out via your Twitter account. Okay. Um, obviously the big story in the NBA this week was Lou Williams leaving the bubble and going to magic city uh, and grabbing some wings. And uh, you have, you yourself have experience with these wings. Is that correct? Of course. Of course. Fantastic. I will. I'm a big wing person. So I saw Johnny Manziel tweeted about the wings yesterday. Um, I need your opinion. So what, tell us the story behind these wings, these wings and how they're so magical that, uh, Lou Williams sacrificed, you know, 14 days of or 10 days of quarantine for it. I don't know, man. I like I think the sauces are really, really good that they offer. Um, and they seem to be like deep fried, like fried hard. Um, when I want wings, when I order wings, I usually um, want them to be fried hard. It's, it's yeah. funny because Ty Lu, when he used to coach the Cavs, he used to order his wings from Romeo's Pizza and he would get his fried hard with sauce on the side. That's, I don't go that. that far. I remember the. I still remember right? the quote. <laughs> I still remember that quote. We would get wings fried hard sauce on the side. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> so I don't go that far, but but I think when you're talking about wings, the thing that separates it is either the sauce and how they actually cook them. And I think the ones that have unique sauces are the best, um, and the ones that cook them right with the being fried hard, then I think you definitely have something there. So you probably went there. Um, when the Cavaliers were playing the yeah, uh, so here's the, the thing: Fox. like yeah. when when I go to any um, city, um, if there are certain places that I've already gone to uh, throughout my time on the road covering the Cavs, then I go back to those places. You know, I have a place in Boston that I go every single time uh, we visit a Celtics game. It's called R2. It's an Italian restaurant in the North End. It's fantastic, and every time I'm there. I go there. I have a place in Houston. It's a barbecue place. It's called Papas. Every time I'm in Houston, I go there. So there are certain places across the beat that every time I'm in that city, um, I go there. Like Mert's Southern cooking in Charlotte is to die for. It is fantastic. Um, but there are other places, Hayden, that that I don't have specific places yet. Um either because I haven't found that one that stands out to me or because somebody on the beat before me hasn't really introduced me to that place. And I kind of have to be on my own and try and find these places. Right. So what I usually do is I either talk to locals. I talk to people at the concierge desk at the Marriott to ask for suggestions. Um, sometimes I'll put it on Twitter for people that have been in these certain places to give me suggestions Or I'll start just like Googling a bunch of different places, whether it's TripAdvisor or if it's Yelp or one of those other helpful websites to help me narrow down where I should go. And if a place comes up multiple times in different searches, then it usually goes on my list of places to go eat. And I do the same thing when it comes to places to visit, right? It's not just eating places. It's places to visit, things to do when I go to these cities. Because the thing that I was told from the very beginning, Hayden, is that 
when you're on the road, you have to experience the road because sure. we are getting a once in a lifetime opportunity to see the country from a unique lens. So you have to take advantage of it and you have to take advantage of everything each city has to offer. And for some of these places, it's food more so than yeah. just sites. No, absolutely. And uh, last year when I was kind of on the road with the Browns on the East Coast, um, I made sure to do that. And yeah, I was with you. I mean, you know, obviously um, I had to do, you know, crab and, and crab cakes in Baltimore. I had to do a uh, lobster roll or uh, something of the sort mm -hmm. in, uh, exactly in right. Boston. Um, where else? I mean, New York, you know, I go to New York. I mean, pizza. I live in New York, so it's, you can, you can go. Pizza. New York pizza. style pizza. Yes. Grimaldi's. Yes. yes. There's a place Grimaldi's. called. Uh, what's it called? Grimaldi's. Oh, Grimaldi's. Yeah, I know Grimaldi's for sure. Of course you there's do. Also, you better um, There's also uh, a place near, it's called Artichoke, Bay, Artichoke Pizza. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. I, it's another place, and then there's one near my my friend's apartment that's kind of famous too. I don't know. It's like Joe's Pizza or something. Joe's like that. Pizza. Yeah. So here's the thing: I've had all of those different ones. Yeah. Um, everybody raves about Joe's. Part of the allure of Joe's is that it was in Spider Man. Yeah. So a lot of people wanted to go there, and part of the allure of Joe's is if you go in there, you see all of the famous people that are on the wall, the wall. that yeah. that frequent Joe's. Yes. I didn't love it. Grimaldi's yeah, I mean, to me, Dumbo, it's so much better than Joe's. Joe's is fine. Joe's is really good pizza. But if we're talking about the best of the best that New York has to offer, I had Grimaldi's and I was blown away. It was the best pizza I've ever had. Yeah, everybody's going to have different tastes. I mean, I'm not exactly. saying, you know, Joe's is the best. And, and I mean, you know, we all we all kind of look to Dave Portnoy as the pizza aficionado, <laughs> but he has his certain, you know, he has his certain things that he likes and certain things he doesn't. So, um but I, I totally agree with you that going on the road is a, you know, it's something that certainly um, you got to take advantage of when you're, yes. you know, and, and food is definitely a big part of that. Um, and like you said, sites are as well. Um, but I do have so a question. In fairness to Lou Williams, in fairness to Lou Williams, I get where he's coming from. If he has a place that he really wants to go when he goes back home or when he goes on the road, he's going to want to get to that place because we all have lists like that. And Magic City is one of the places that if you search some of the top places in Atlanta, it's going to come up on a lot of lists. So this is obviously we're going to make this is a PG-13 podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but so like, is it when you walk? I mean, is it just full? Is it full strip club or is it bar? I mean, is there like a bar where you can just eat and you don't? I mean, I don't know how that would work. I mean, is it's it just like a, is it's it exactly typical? what you would think. Yeah. OK. There's a bar on the side, probably. Yeah. Do they have, like, tables for eating? I mean, sure. Okay. Did, so when you went there, did you go by yourself or with friends? or? No, by myself. Okay. Well, so, we won't think The other thing is, so the other thing is, like, you can, I don't know this for sure, but nowadays you can probably have some of those places attached to Uber Eats and DoorDash and Grubhub and those other kinds of things and yes. get them delivered. Yes. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember. The Cavs had some kind of wings that, that are really well-known. Not Magic City specifically, okay. but really well-known. Catered to them um, in their locker room in one of the stops that they made this year because they're so good and they're so well-known. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common occurrence, you know, I mean, for, for teams to get stuff, you know, catered in. Mm -hmm. I remember LeBron got, you know, Swenson's catered in, but every time he's in the Cavs visiting locker room, he gets Swenson's catered in. Right. So it's right. certainly something that's commonplace, but I'm sure Magic City, I'm sure there have been teams in Atlanta that have gotten Magic City wings catered. Yo, man, if you really, really like wings, get wings. I'm it's with fine. you. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I love wings. I mean, locally here, if you haven't, I, I, I'm sure you've seen my, you know, my post, but uh, <laughs> There is a place right there in Bay Village off Plague Road. Yeah. Owned, owned by Billy Morris. It's called Smoke and Rock and Roll. It's yeah. a food truck. It's a food truck. And they have, and I mean, I do like fried wings, but I, they have smoked wings every Wednesday. And I'm there every single Wednesday because they're so damn good. It's funny that you bring up Smoke and Rock and Roll because um, they often, that food truck is often at, um, Lakewood Truck Park, 
which yes. is a new place in Lakewood yes. that is a really, really cool concept um, and really, really good food. Yes. So when we went there a couple of weekends ago, uh, Smoke and Rock and Roll was there. I had the ribs. I didn't have the wings. I had the ribs, and they were awesome. So oh, I'm the, Yeah, the ribs are really good, too. I mean, they have great sides. They got, yep. like, uh, mac and cheese and baked beans, and um, yep. they have fried Brussels sprouts. It's all good. So shout-out to Billy and Todd and everybody over at Smoke and Rock and Roll. Those are my favorite local wings here in Cleveland. But I'm open to – I'm very much open to uh, – to uh, interpret, uh, you know, other suggestions for wings. I do have a funny story, Chris. I have to tell you this, and I'm mm-hmm. not gonna, I'm not gonna out this person because he's a good friend of mine that I grew up with. <laughs> but it goes back to this whole story. So every time, so you know, in college and growing up, you know, we all went to different. I, you know, I grew up in Florida, and we all would go. You know, we would go to. I was at Ohio State for school, so we'd come home for winter break as one does, and we would all spend time together. And, um, you know. Every night before this this guy went home, he he went to school in Boston or no, okay. went to school in New Hampshire. Um, he we he would he would go out the night before he he would get an early morning flight. He would go out the night before he left, and at like three in the morning before he like left for the airport at five a.m. He would go to Tootsie's, which is a place that is a strip club <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale, yeah, in the at Miami area, and he would get the wings to go take them into the airport, eat them in the airplane, and then land it in Boston at, like, it's, you know, like 10 a.m. That's amazing. It just reminds me so much of Lou Williams. So I, I get it. Like, the minute I saw that, I was like, I totally understand where he's coming from. Yep. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, it's obviously irresponsible because of everything that we're going through You're and right. because he was in a bubble and he left the bubble to do that. But but I mean, I get wanting to have some sense of normalcy like that. And I get the temptation of if you're going back to a city where there's a great restaurant or a food that you've been craving that you can't get because you're in a bubble. Like I get wanting to satisfy that. I think it's irresponsible and you put other people at risk and it really puts you in front of the team. But but I understand that kind of situation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I again, I, I applaud the NBA for going back and really looking into it and, you know, making sure that he, was quarant- yeah, that he was quarantined for the right time. I mean, the NBA has done a nice job. We, you know, this isn't a baseball podcast, but we can certainly see what happened with the Marlins and how, where that's going to go. But I think the NBA has done a nice job and, you know, with this bubble and everything that's happened. So um, they got to be diligent about it, because if not, they're going to end up with a situation like Major League Baseball is in right now. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, um, you know, we've we've kind of discussed a lot in regards to the Cavaliers, uh, but maybe this week we do a little more national. I mean, obviously, we're talking about some of the NBA awards that, you know, we wanted to discuss, you know, wh- where they would be and who they would be this year. Um, and if the Cavaliers might not have anybody that perhaps is in contention for any of those awards. I mean, you vote for these awards. Mm-hmm. So why don't you give us a little bit of a primer on, on what you're uh, what you're thinking? OK, so we got the ballots. I want to say about a week ago. Um, And these were the guidelines. All of the selections have to be on stats from the regular season played through March 11th through 2020. Right. So March 11th, 2020 is when everything got shut down. Uh, It's when Rudy Gobert tested positive and they don't want you um, to include the seating games that are going to go on in the Disney bubble because they feel like, um, it wouldn't be equal footing for the player, the players and the teams that weren't invited to Disney. Correct. So the other thing is that each ballot has to be filled out in its entirety. You can't just skip a category because you don't feel comfortable with it or because it's too difficult. You can't split any votes either. Um, so that's a big thing. Like you have to rank it for MVP one through five for most improved player, it's one through three, and you have to rank each one. There are no ties, there are no co's, not in your particular ballot. Now, it could come down to that particular conclusion based on all the other results, but individual voters can't have a ballot like that. So you have to make a pick, and you have to stand by it. Um, so those were the stipulations. And I noticed, Hayden, to me... The most difficult ones this year were most improved player and sixth man of the year. The other ones I felt like were pretty self-explanatory. Like to me, and and maybe you can make an argument, but to me, I couldn't make an argument for anybody other than Giannis for MVP. 
Okay. I know how great LeBron is. Yeah. And I know that people um, are going to vote for LeBron. There are going to be some because not every voter is going to see it the same way. But every every metric that I looked at, that I factored in, pointed to Giannis over LeBron. And I just don't see an argument for LeBron this year. So you're thinking that, I mean, but you, so there's nobody else even in consideration in your mind. I mean, because, you know, every, no. I, think the, I think the general consensus is that, is that it's between LeBron and Giannis. And Giannis. Um, so you're just thinking it's Giannis without runaway. Yeah, for me, I mean, if you look at all the nerdy numbers that people point to nowadays, value over replacement player, PIPM, um, win shares per 48, like all these different things that are supposed to determine value for a player, player efficiency rating, player impact estimate. LeBron has always said in the past that if you want to know who's the most valuable, like, Look at what value is. It's yeah. all about how you impact the floor every single time you're out there. Uh, the impact that you have on your team and where they go. And it's like all the numbers that have been created to help you quantify value, because it's very, very difficult to quantify. But the ones that have been created recently, they all point to Giannis. They don't point to LeBron. <laughs> like, right. he's, he's got nothing on, on Giannis this year. Like, the only argument that people have come up with is LeBron's a better player based on what he's already accomplished throughout the course of his career. The throne for best player in the NBA belongs to him. And, like, to me, that doesn't matter when we're talking about seasonal awards. Right. I I think that, you know, I, I think my argument, too, for Giannis would be, like, he is far and away. You take him off of that Bucks team. And, I mean, you got some talent there, but I don't think it's anywhere near what the Lakers could be. Um, with Anthony Davis, with uh, Kuzma, with Danny I mean, they have some really talented guys. And um, I, I tend to agree with you. I think probably... You forgot the on waiters and J.R. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that is, a, that is something that I, I would love to see firsthand. Right, but you're right in terms of LeBron has A.D., He's playing with another top five player in the NBA. Giannis is not playing with one of those players. The other thing is there have been so many blowouts that Milwaukee's been involved in that that Giannis's um, regular counting numbers, I guess people call them, like they could have been better than what they were. But he often didn't play as many minutes or as many fourth quarters because Milwaukee was such a dominant team that was so well coached and, and Giannis had such an impact during the time that he was on the court that he created such big leads for his own team that he didn't have to exert as much at the ends of games. Not not every game, but for many of those kinds of games. Um, And Giannis doesn't play with another top five player in the league. The best player on his team, his best teammate is Chris Middleton, who's probably going to be either second team All-NBA or third team All-NBA. Chris Middleton certainly is not Anthony Davis. No. Um, I just think when you combine all of those different things, um, the best player in the NBA this year, the most valuable player in the NBA this year, also happens to play on the best team. It was Giannis. It wasn't LeBron. Sure. And that's to take nothing away from LeBron because he's had a great season, but sometimes great players who have great seasons don't win MVPs because there are other great players who have better seasons. Right. I mean, I used to say that there might have been an argument for LeBron to win the MVP every year since who since his first one. I mean, you know, there were years there, the, the Derrick Rose year and, the, you know, one of the Steph years. I mean, there, you know, again, it's it's it, you could make an argument for LeBron almost every year because of because of what you said, because he brings so much to the floor and he takes so much of an investment from the other team. Um, but I, I agree with you that sometimes there are guys that are just a little bit better in that year. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't take away from Le- LeBron's greatness. That doesn't take away from the fact that I still believe that LeBron James is arguably the greatest player of all time. Um, but this year, I think you're exactly right. I think it's probably Gian- Giannis. Is, I keep on saying Giannis. It's Giannis. 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 Is the winner. Giannis. Yes. That G. That G messes me up. <laughs> what do you think about like the six? You were said the six man and the um, most improved um, were 
your two two of your more difficult. What are you looking at there? Well, I mean, I, I look at everything. I look at all of the numbers. I look at points per game. I look at assists per game. I look at rebounds per game. I look at Pippum. I look at value of a replacement player. I look at box plus minus. I look at all those different stats because I, I don't feel like you can just have like one base thing that you say, okay, uh, this is the stat that's going to matter most to me, and this is going to drive all of my decisions. I think you have to mix it up into one big soup, plus, plus minus, real plus sure. minus, defensive real plus minus, like all those different things. Um, I still, after all of that, had a really, really difficult time with the six-man award. I even reached out to players in the last couple of days because I wanted a player's perspective. Yeah. And there was no consensus on most improved player, nor was there a consensus on six-man award. Um, at the end of the day, like I for six-man, I went with Dennis Schroeder because, um, one, Oklahoma City lost so much from the team, and, and a lot of people expected them to just, like, completely collapse and and not be in the playoff mix like they are right now. And a big reason for that is Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. Um, If you look at impact, like on off numbers, Dennis Schroeder was in the 92nd percentile in terms of differential in a positive, like that's really, really impressive to me. And that just goes to show that, Oklahoma City was a completely different team with him on the court than off. And that's one way that I certainly measure value. Um, now, other things factor into that as well. The other players that are on the court at the time that he's on, the other players that are on the court at the time that he's off. But to me, the most impactful guy coming off the bench this year, not by reputation, but by performance, was Dennis Schroeder. And some people might be surprised, but I don't even have Lou Williams on my ballot. I don't even have him on the top three. And that might raise some eyebrows. But statistically, um, when you combine offense and defense, the Los Angeles Clippers were a better team with Lou Williams on the bench, not when he was on the court. And I thought that was pretty telling. Okay, so that's your – who was on your ballot for six men then? So six men – my one, two, three is Dennis Schroeder of Oklahoma City. I went Montrez Harrell second. I went back and forth between Schroeder and Harrell. Yeah. And that was a really, really tough debate for me. Um, but I put Harrell second. And then in third, I put Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons because okay. his his numbers were awesome when he actually got a chance to play. And like Detroit was not good this year. I think everybody recognizes that. What were they, 20 and 46 or something along those lines? One of the few times that they were actually a productive team, it was when Christian Wood was on the floor. And I think that's really, really telling that he could take that team with such little talent um, and they were actually respectable with him on the court. What did you do for uh, most improved? This was another hard one, Hayden. Oh, by the way, like six man, I honestly considered Nance at, at, at third place. Really? Okay. Yes, I did. Like, again, Christian Wood is, is the guy that I have on my ballot right now. I'm going to submit it by midnight tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to do more research throughout the course of today and into tomorrow. Yeah. But Larry Nance Jr., advanced stats point to him being really, really good this year. Yeah. Both from an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint. Um, And that was dealing with all the nonsense and the chaos that the Cavs had to deal with at the beginning of the season in the John Beeline era. And the injury. Like, Larry Nance Jr. was underrated good. And I don't think a lot of people recognize that. It's just he doesn't get as much publicity. But in terms of defensive metrics and offensive metrics – Arguably, he was the Cavs' best and most important player. The organization is going to point to Kevin Love and say, Kevin Love's our best and most important player. And there are numbers that that don't always show the full story. But based on the numbers, Larry Nance Jr. was the best player on the Cavs. And he was a very, very impactful player in terms of around-the-league numbers. Yeah, I mean, certainly he seems to have come into his own. He worked really hard. So, I mean, it's it's not too far-fetched for me to believe that um 
I'm looking at just I'm looking at you know going through like the as you said like the various kind of nominees if you will the 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 you know players that are probably more so likely to win these awards for the most improved player mm-hmm. um, and I mean it's uh, the ones that I'm looking at here Bam Adebayo Brandon Ingram Jason Tatum Shai Gilgis Alexander yeah uh, Trey Young um, where did you go in that realm okay so. Every team in the NBA, Hayden, is pushing their own guys at this point in time. A lot of them are emailing us and giving us all these different numbers to try and help our process. And it's really, really beneficial. At the same time, it's slanted. Like, they find the things that fit best that are going to stand out for some of these players. The Cavs are pushing Colin Sexton, obviously. They think he deserves a look for most improved player. And Colin was very good this year. Um, His numbers improved across the board. I think there were at least 20 statistical categories where he was better than he was last year. So to me, that definitely stood out, and I gave him some consideration. But when you consider the other competition, like you said, Brandon Ingram, Devontae Graham of the Charlotte Hornets, who came out of nowhere after being a second-round pick. I mean, Duncan Robinson was a— Nobody thought about Duncan Robinson at all at the end of last year and coming into this year. And he's become a key rotational piece for one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, who a lot of people think have a chance to make it to the NBA Finals. And Bam Adebayo went from, you know, borderline lottery pick into all-star. So for me, I went with Brandon Ingram to win this. I, I think... His evolution as a player was really, really impressive. You know, when he came out of Duke and he started his career in Los Angeles, he really couldn't shoot from three. He was more of a mid-range type guy. He always knew that he had some scoring potential, but he also didn't impact the floor in other ways. And Brandon Ingram now, I think, has become a cornerstone piece of the rebuilding New Orleans Pelicans. That's a huge leap. Even though he was second overall pick, you know, he never really played to that until this year. So I gave him most improved. Also on my ballot, Bam Adebayo. And then my third spot is still up in the air. I'm between Duncan Robinson and Devontae Graham. And I think you can make an argument for both of those guys. But I did consider Colin Sexton. It's just some of the other guys I thought deserved the edge. Certainly. Absolutely. Okay, we'll move on to... um... The, we got the six man, we got the uh, most improved, we have the MVP. Um, who are you going with for rookie of the year? This is a no brainer. This was the easiest one. Yes. It's Ja. Right. I think the only debate was are you willing to put Zion in second? Are you willing to put him on your ballot? What would yeah. you have done if you had a vote? I would have picked Ja, and I, I mean, Zion. I, I would have left him off, probably. Because he didn't play enough? Yeah, he didn't play enough. So I get that argument. And if the season would have continued, I think he would have played a max of 37 games. That's not really a lot. And and maybe right around 1,000 minutes, that's not a lot. But I think if we're talking impact, you could see and feel the impact that he had on New Orleans Pelicans. Certainly, certainly. And I could not overlook that. Look, if there was a clear-cut other option, then I think I would have been willing to exclude Zion. And and I would have leaned on the fact that he didn't compile enough games or minutes. But because there wasn't really, um, I looked at the impact that he had. And I could not overlook that. So for me, my ballot was Ja 1, Zion 2, and Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat 3. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't. I don't have a problem with that at all. I just think, you know, if if you're gonna have a clear cut winner in John, that's pretty much the clear cut winner. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna spend too much time like arguing with myself about you know whether or not he right. played enough or whether or not you know. But that's I, that's a, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Ken, Kendrick Nunn certainly very much up. Oh, he was well. great. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, but the other I, thing I, that you have to consider with Kendrick Nunn is. He's what, twenty four years old? Yeah, 
he's a 24 year old rookie. Yeah. He's a lot further in the developmental curve and, and he's not the traditional uh, rookie in the way that you normally look at rookies. All right, moving right along. We got the coach of the year. Um, obviously going to be some of the better teams in the league. Um, a lot yeah. of great coaches in the NBA, um, but this year, uh, certainly there are some that are above the rest. Where did you go with your top three? John Beeline, of course. <laughs> Poor John. <laughs> Don't do that to him. <laughs> I'm completely kidding. Um, I know you're completely kidding, but that's, that, that's me. But there is a funny story about this. So he, oh, no. is, he is on the list because every is really? coach is on the list, and you know who he's very close to? He's very close to Mike Budenholzer. Okay, because of the name? Yeah, because of the name. It's all alphabetical. Uh, okay. So, like, I had to make well, Is he sure. close to Bickerstaff? Uh, he's very. He's right next to J.B. Bickerstaff. Oh he, in fact, God. he's the name above J.B. Bickerstaff. <laughs> so, <laughs> I had cool. to make sure that I did not click John Beeline because he was close enough in proximity to Mike Budenholzer, who got my second place vote. Okay. Um, my first place, it's got to be Nick Nurse, right, of the Toronto yeah. Raptors. Yep. They lost Kawhi, and they're yeah. fine. Like they're maybe they're not fine. going to be as dangerous in in a playoff series because they don't have somebody who can shift a series the way that Kawhi can. Um, but look at what they did this year after losing a top three player in the NBA. They're the second best team in the Eastern Conference. They won forty six games. It's unbelievable yeah. to think about that. Absolutely. I'm I'm 100% in on that. I mean, that was that's another kind of no-brainer for me was Nick Nurse. Right. And then who'd you have for your third? Because that could be a little bit of a toss-up. Yeah, I want Billy Donovan of the Thunder. Okay. Again, not a lot expected. It was between him and Eric Spolstra. And I, I just kind of looked at it and said, well... As, as much as Oklahoma City is probably going to have the sixth man of the year and, and Chris Paul is still a really good player. Um, you know, Miami's got Jimmy Butler. I think Miami's got a better roster as a whole. Yeah. yeah. So I looked at the guy who I thought did more with less in what I thought was the tougher um, conference. Definitely the tougher conference. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma no. City right now is seated higher than the Houston Rockets. Yep. Who would have thought, thought that? <laughs> apparently we both would have thought yeah, who would have exactly thought. Right. <laughs> All right. The last and final uh, category, I believe, unless I'm missing something, defensive player of the year. Now these are all pretty similar players in, in terms of size, um, at least at the top of, you know, what I'm looking at here. Um, where would you go for this one? I didn't think this one was tough until I started talking to some players. <laughs> Yeah. Because they see it different. Um, mm -hmm. But but I still based it on what I thought. Even though I wanted to get feedback from players and executives and coaches, I still wanted it to be my ballot, not theirs. Sure. Um, I just wanted to make sure that there wasn't somebody that I was overlooking or if there was something else that I needed to dig deeper into. But I feel really good about the research that I did and the number crunching that I did. I took it really seriously. Um I have Giannis as Defensive Player of the Year, which, what a year if he's going to be MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and maybe go to the NBA Finals. Like, that's unbelievable yeah. to think about. But I, I think he deserves it. If, if you look at all the advanced metrics, he is right there at the top of a lot of the defensive ones. And I think that that strengthens his case for MVP over LeBron. And it doesn't mean LeBron's not a great defender. It doesn't mean LeBron can't be a great defender. But Giannis, he did it this year. Yep. So did you go, uh, you went on to the Kubo one. Um, obviously, you got to look at Rudy Gobert every single year. Yep, he was second. <laughs> second, okay. And then yep. where'd you go for third? Anthony Davis. Okay. A lot of yeah. the players that I talked to lean towards Anthony Davis as Defensive Player of the Year, which really? I thought was interesting. Yeah. What was their reasoning there? That, like, he changes how the offenses attack that that team more than Giannis changes, you, if that makes sense. Did I yeah. say that right? Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Like, the impact that AD has on an offense while he's on defense is different than the kind of impact that Giannis has. 
and and yeah, that's why and, and i think you can make that same argument for rudy gobert right like yeah. you don't try yeah. as much around the rim you don't drive as much into the paint with that big dude sitting there and i think they feel like anthony davis has that same kind of effect um but all of the numbers point to Giannis on the defensive end all right so your ballot as of right now if subject to change before uh what was it tuesday night yeah so right now you have most valuable player Giannis or Giannis I keep saying Giannis. Giannis Why do you think Giannis? No, because I'm Giannis. Because I'm reading it. Because I'm reading his name in front of me. That's why. Giannis. I know it's Giannis. Hey, I just buddy. keep saying Giannis. Buddy, he's going to be the MVP. He's yes, probably Giannis. going to be Defense Giannis. Player of the Year. Like you might want to know how to pronounce his name. I know how to pronounce. I can pronounce his last name fine. His first name is the one that gives me trouble. I can say Antetokounmpo ten times over and really fast, but I can't say Giannis. 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 All right. Giannis. Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. First is your most valuable player. Oh, I, we didn't. I didn't ask you about the rest of your most valuable ballot. I mean, you had uh, Giannis and LeBron. Yeah. You have how many others were on there? Uh, three others were on there. Care okay. to guess? Um, I'm looking at a list right now. I'm going to guess that Kawhi is on there. Kawhi is on there. I'm going to guess that James Harden's on there. Yep. Um, Dame? Nope. I, I excluded Dame, actually. Okay. Uh, that was a really, really tough call between the person that I put on there and Dame. And look, if, if you want to put Dame instead of the person I had on there, then by all means do it. I'm not going to. I'm uh, not going to fault people okay, for that. So, you're, so, you, so I got James Harden. I got Kawhi. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say either Anthony Davis. Nope. Russell Westbrook. Nope. Am I in the right conference? You are in the right conference, yes. Um, yes. By the way, Russ, Russ didn't even make – any of my all NBA teams. We did first, second, and third team all NBA, and okay. Russ didn't make any of those. Okay. He was just uh, really, really hard to evaluate this year, I thought. All right, let me think. Um, You're missing somebody obvious. Well, I, I don't know if he's obvious, but... Am I? When when I say it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking... <laughs> well, I, I don't think it's anybody in the Warriors, obviously. Um Man, not Jokic, is it? No, I don't know. Tell me. Same ending to the name, though. Oh, Jokic. Uh, Jokic. No. What? <laughs> Doncic. Oh, Jesus Christ! Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that's my. That's you are completely right. Yeah, you are completely. Obviously, let's see. That's so bad on me, though. My Slovenian brother, too. That's bad. I know. That's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't forget about Luca. Obviously, I mean, he's a dominant player, but I don't yeah. know. I guess he's just not as ingrained as the other guys. I mean, have you seen the Mavericks roster? Yeah, look at it. It's Say some of those names out loud. It is not great. I mean, and they Luka, won forty. I mean, Luca is. I, I mean, I, I'm blown away by Luca. His abilities on the court, um, and certainly he's going to be a. Dominant, dominant, dominant player for a lot of years. I would hope, and I would think. Um, I'm gonna t- I'm taking a look at the Mavericks roster. I mean, you have the unicorn, right? Right, but he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't him yeah. this year. Yeah. All right. So you got Luca. You got the unicorn. Porzingis. JJ Barea. Jalen Brunson. I like obviously Villanova guy. Well, of course um, you like him. Uh, Trey Burke. Columbus. I mean, zone. look, Where they have. Willie Cauley Stein. They have like a, they have like a college all star team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Seth Curry started twenty games for Seth them. Curry, correct. Uh, you got you got Antonio, Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. It's like I said, it's like a college all star team. Right, but got, in the NBA, it's yeah, exactly. a little bit different. Justin Jackson, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Maxi. Oh, I like Maxi. Courtney Lee. Wow, I didn't know he was. Uh, but oh, they have Boban. Duh. Oh, yeah. How could Boban you forget is, about Boban? Boban? If we were just doing our top five like favorite people and players in the NBA, I think Boban would certainly make <laughs> crack my top five. Chris, I swear to God, the first time I saw Boban in person, at the, he was with the Clippers, oh. and the Cavs were playing the Clippers. And I thought it was like some sort of joke. I thought like he was like a, you know, just like a, like, I, I didn't think he was real. 
He is the biggest human being I've Huge. ever seen. Huge. Him and Mozgov are the two biggest humans that I've ever come in contact with. I mean, Mozgov is huge, but, like, Boban's got, like, these features that are just, Oh, like, I know. He's got that look, but... He's giant. Yeah. Absolute giant. I, I haven't seen Taco in person, but I, I guess that would be kind of close. Yeah, so right now, Luca is is on my ballot. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still doing more research on him and Dame, because that Dame is the one that, that makes me go back and forth, because... He's the leader of that team. They had so many injuries in Portland. Um, I don't know. I, I get that argument with Dame over Luka. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that's the whole point of the the awards is to argue and to you know discuss it and think about it. So the last thing I want to ask you before we get going, Chris. I mean, you mentioned Larry Nance Jr. You mentioned Colin Sexton. I mean, were any of these guys on the Cavaliers legitimate candidates? for any of these or is it just kind of you know just kind of a down year and they just didn't do enough i mean i guess the one guy that i kind of thought about was does kevin porter jr deserve a place on my all rookie teams okay you get first team all rookie you get second team all rookie and second team all rookie is just ridiculous it's a mishmash it's not a good rookie class at all i think everybody would admit that a lot of these rookies really struggled the Cavs were pushing Kevin Porter Jr. and Darius Garland. Somebody in the NBA actually reached out to me, one of the other voters, and said, is there any argument for Darius Garland at all? I said, no, none. If there is an argument, it's probably Kevin Porter Jr. It's just, like at the time that he was starting to really make a difference and an impact, he went down with that knee injury. Yeah. And it would have been really, really nice, Hayden, to see what it would have looked like for KPJ in the final month of the season if he could have built on some of the momentum that he had. But he didn't get that opportunity. And I feel like the Cavs were robbed and fans were robbed of that. And maybe because of that, KPJ is not going to get on one of these rookie teams. I left him off. I was very close to putting him on there, but I left him off. Because I feel like some of the other guys did it at a more consistent level as rookies than KPJ did. Yep. I, I think you're just about right on that. I mean, you know, as you said, if, if the rest of the season played out, but it's just such a weird year. You got to just take it for what it is. And you can't really try to, like, you know, play mental gymnastics to get, you know, right things the way you want them. I mean, it is what it is. It happened. And I mean, as Larry Nance said, you know, we had positive momentum and we're going to keep that going into next year, whenever next year is. So I mm -hmm. think that's the only way to go about it. I like, and that's I, the thing. Like, there were a couple other guys, like, that were fighting for these awards. Yeah. LeBron in particular, that felt yeah. like he was going to make a charge in the last few weeks of the season and leave a lasting memory in the minds of a lot of voters of, hey, don't forget about me. Or, hey, look what I did here down the stretch when things mattered in a playoff push, like all those different things. Yep. And these guys are not going to get that opportunity this year. The league stopped. Nobody expected it to stop. And because of that, some of these guys, like at the time that they stopped, they were just coming into their own or starting to make a surge that they're not going to get to finish. Yeah. It's just, I mean, obviously it's unfortunate for so many involved and, uh, but I hope that the bubble works, and I hope that we see, you know, these guys really put their best foot forward, and I'm sure we'll see some fantastic basketball um, when this thing gets started this week. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I lied, though. I do want to mention one other thing, because you tweeted it, and I definitely take, took notice of it. Um, we've talked a lot about Kyrie Irving on this podcast in many different yeah. ways. Um, it's this story today, and um, I just wanted to give Kyrie kudos. Um, Kyrie Irving commits $1.5 for WNBA players who are foregoing the season, um, which I think is a fantastic or awesome, an awesome gesture. Um, you know, Kyrie is definitely looked at as, in different ways here in Cleveland. Uh, mm -hmm. for his, you know, for the demise of that kind of dynasty and, uh, you know, for the way that he handled things. And, you know, since then, he's kind of had some weird quotes and weird things said, but um, you, you can't really – Actions speak louder than words, and uh, certainly this is a great action by Kyrie in my mind. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, it just goes to show that he's thinking about other people other than himself at, at this really, really difficult time, and he's trying his best to give back and, and help people that aren't as fortunate as he is. And 
Um, it's having a Kyrie Irving conversation in Cleveland is is very very difficult, Hayden. Yeah. Because of the way that it ended, and because of some of his own actions while he was with the Cavs, he's responsible for those. Yeah. And because of that, I think it's fair to criticize him, and it's fair to question his leadership and some of the decisions that he's made throughout the course of his career. But I never felt like he was a bad person. And I never felt like um, that he had bad intentions. Um, we can argue about the way that he went about his leaving Cleveland. But that was always, in his mind, it was always about him trying to advance himself as a person and as a basketball player. And if you take the emotion out of it, and I know that's very, very difficult to do when talking about sports, but if you take emotion out of it, you can understand that sort of thing. Look, I used to be a radio host. I wanted my name on the marquee, too. You don't get into certain businesses to be the number two, the number three, the number four to be in somebody else's shadow. At some point in your own life, you're going to want to advance. You're going to want to further yourself as a person and whatever field it is that you're in. So I think that's relatable, and I think it's understandable. Um, it doesn't make uh, him leaving any easier. It doesn't take away the pain of him leaving and the demise of the dynasty that happened after that. But I never thought, even in some of the mistakes that he made and some of the weird things that he said and did, Hayden, like yeah. I never thought he was a bad person. No, I, I, I mean, having been around Kyrie, I don't, I didn't think, I think that he was moody. He was difficult moody, to deal yes. with. Yes. Like he, he bothered a lot of people inside the organization. Um, and it was challenging. It was challenging for the Celtics. It's going to be challenging for Brooklyn. It was challenging for the Cavs. He's very, very polarizing. But like I said, like, it was never coming from a bad place. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I that's kind of what I was going to say. It was more so just his kind of up and down. And, and he, he wasn't the most easygoing guy, if that makes any sense. But that doesn't mean that his heart wasn't in the right place and he right. wasn't thinking about other people. So certainly I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I know that some people had some bad relationships. I never, you know. I mean, I, the last like the last time I've seen Kyrie was uh, was the night that he uh, the night that he came back to for the Celtics opener. Yeah, I think the last, that's the last time he's been in Cleveland. And when I see him, I still talk to him. He still yeah, says hi to me. Yeah, we still check in with each other, ask yeah. how everybody's family is doing, and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's a great. I mean, that's a, just a great thing too. I mean, you know, the WNBA. Obviously, there's a lot. Um, that has gone on there. And then, you know, the other day the, I saw the um, Seattle storm and New York Liberty, mm -hmm. you know, had their own moment. And um, I applaud it. I applaud that, you know, we're there. We're all trying to help each other and make an impact. And um, I think Kyrie Irving did a fantastic job. And I thought it had to be mentioned, especially with his history with the Cavaliers. Um, Chris, anything else before uh, we get ready for, maybe we'll do an emergency pod this week as the NBA starts again. I don't know, whatever. You I would want. love to. Yes. Yeah. I would love That'd to. Great. All right. Maybe we can do it because Thursday will be the, um, Thursday will be the start, right? The yep. 31st. And then, so maybe, yeah. So maybe we'll do Friday. Okay. Yeah. I'd that love that. Works for me. Perfect. Yeah. We can yeah. talk about what we saw and we watched and, and I would say this too, Hayden, um, given the success that the NBA is having with this Disney bubble, um, and all indications are that it has been successful. You know, some guys complained about the food and the hotel arrangements and some of the stuff at the beginning. Yeah. But the whole goal was to keep them safe and protected and to put them in a controlled environment so that they don't deal with some of the stuff that Major League Baseball is dealing with right now. And all indications are the controlled environment, um, that's something that, other organizations are going to be paying attention to to see if this is ultimately the way to get sports going again or to finish your seasons. So because of the success that the Disney bubble is having, it seems like there's a lot of momentum for a second bubble for the Delete 8. Um, and if it's not a second bubble, it's going to be some kind of team-organized activity um, that is obviously something that the Cavs are pushing for 
it's obviously something that the Cavs feel like they need. Um, and given the way that things are going right now in Disney, it looks like the Cavs could benefit from that because they might get an opportunity to come together as a team uh, before the start of next season again. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope that, you know, everything continues to go well with the NBA and let's hope MLB gets back on track. I mean, I don't think we're, any of us are rooting against this. Um, you know, it's oh, a shame to see what's happening with the Marlins, but right. heck, I mean, you know, we, we, we definitely want to see baseball and football and basketball. I, I mean, at least I do. Um, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Of course. Right. We're definitely I mean, not rooting against this. I'm not sitting here at this point hoping that the NBA fails. The NBA needs to succeed for a yes. variety of different reasons. And I feel the yes. same way when it comes to Major League Baseball and the NFL. Like, companies are really, really struggling right now. Um, yep. And if you have sports and you're in a business of covering sports, being able to write about sports that are happening is a lot easier and a lot um, – more exciting than all of these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Hypotheticals. What ifs spinning yep. it forward to the future when there's so much uncertainty about the future. Right. So I'm with Even you. There. Looking back. All right, guys, thank you for joining us again, Chris. Thank you as always for joining us. And uh, before you leave, we should tell you that you should sign up to become a subtext member. Uh, you can get exclusive content from Chris Feeder. He will text you uh, every day. Uh, with Cavs inside information, with news before you can get it on Twitter or anywhere else you can cut through the clutter of social media. It's only $3.99 a month, and you can get a 14-day free trial to start out. And once you try it out, I guarantee you, you are going to love it. So how do you become a member? You go to joinsubtext.com slash Cavs Insider, or better yet, just text Chris at 216-208-4499. I'm sure he'll have plenty of uh, insight as the NBA season starts and uh, and as the NBA season restarts, excuse me, and as the you know impending draft and free agency and all that stuff come about as well. So again, sign up for subtext three ninety nine a month, fourteen day free trial, two one six two zero eight four four nine nine. Chris, uh, let's hope we can talk later this week, my friend. Yep, that sounds good, brother. All right, thank you everybody. Have a great day and a great week. We will talk to you soon. Take care.